0: Welcome back to Snares Book Prep Uncovered, the podcast where we talk with pupils and staff and other people in the school community to understand more about life at Snares Book Prep. Each episode I'm joined by Ralph Dalton. He's the head teacher at the school and today in this episode we're talking about what's new in the new term after the summer break. It's the start of a new term, it's the start of a new series, we'll be looking at what's happening this school year, the trips that are coming up and everything else in between. So join me now as we speak to the head teacher. I've got Ralph Dalton here with me right now. Hello Ralph, how are you doing today?
1: I am very well thank you Simon. I'm very impressed with your professionalism because I was doing my darndest to put you off <laughs> as you as you were doing the intro, and you didn't crack at all. Very, very impressed. Very impressed. Well,
0: <laughs> by yeah, it's it's a uh, it's it's a tricky one to do uh, with you putting faces, but uh, uh, just for the sake of people listening. But it's um it's also quite strange recording an intro like that, which is clearly me not speaking to you but speaking to the audience when I'm looking at you. And you're looking at me. So that does feel a bit strange. Anyway, how are you? What's going on in your world right now?
1: In my world right now, it's um, it's actually very quiet. Normally, I don't know why, we normally do these in the morning. And uh, my window's open, and you can hear the playground. But the window isn't open, because it's the first day that's actually quite chilly for a while. And it's the afternoon, and everybody's gone home. So, yes, it's, it's it's all a bit, it's a little bit strange, actually, right now, this second.
0: Schools without children are sort of slightly bizarre places, aren't they? I mean, in a strange way, a little bit eerie at times as well.
1: Yeah, I guess they're vessels without a purpose, without the children. You know, you look in other offices, I always, I'm sure I've said this before, but, you know, at Christmas time, you might walk up to the high streets where I live and there's a block of offices and you look in at all the people in their cubicles, tapping away, and it all looks very sterile and... I always feel a little bit sorry for those people but they probably some of them may may not really like children very much but you know schools are brilliant vibrant places if you enjoy the company of children and watch them you know and watching them progress it's uh, yeah you're right it's very it's very strange when children aren't in the building
0: now you mentioned about when you're at home now and of course you don't live on the school site some some head teachers do you know sometimes they're with a larger boarding school then the head teacher may well live on site Of course, you don't live at the school. How far from school do you live without giving away your actual home address, of course?
1: So uh, I live six miles, about 10k. It's a really, it's a nice run. It's a really, really easy cycle. I generally cycle to school and cycle home. Mm. Um, Although I've broken my collarbone. So at the moment, I'm not.
0: Gosh, hang on. So you broke your collarbone, what, cycling?
1: Yes, I was mountain biking in the Alps. And um, it sounds far more dramatic than it actually was. But um, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but yeah, you know, for the sake of the story, you know, let's not the let facts get in the way I was, you know, pulling a 360 and, uh, you know, no, I just went around a bend and fell over.
0: There's no easy treatment for a broken collarbone, is there?
1: No. And actually I think I have, I, I mean, I, I'm sort of, tw- I don't know, 20 odd days in. So I'm halfway through the sort of natural healing process, but I think I've got away with it lightly because of what I've done is I've basically in the words of the consultant smashed the end of the collarbone so it's it's just shattered into pieces but you don't really need that part so just need to see if it will heal without any discomfort or um affecting range of movement and if that's the case then i can leave it alone so i will get away without surgery
0: but how much pain are you in at the moment for it then
1: no not too much i've got it's more limited um movement i'm still i still can't quite uh, lift a cup of tea to my mouth without it being uncomfortable. So I'm sort of at that stage, but I can pull my trousers up now. Okay. All right. Well,
0: <laughs> it's not all bad in that case. It's not all bad.
1: It's so all going in the right direction.
0: Okay. Let's come back to school for a moment then. Tell me tell me what happens over summertime when children aren't around.
1: So a lot of it, we have quite a full program of renovation work. So it would be like we paint things. Um, we have all the safety testing going on. We have all the sort of repairs and upgrades take place. So, I mean, for example, this summer, you know, so we made sure, so our fire escape all had to be redone, um, you know, to keep it spick and span and top-notch working order. Um, We had, we painted certain areas of the school, um, deep cleaned, you know, the kitchen, the extractor fans. We'd had all the sort of fire prevention equipment tested, um, changed all the emergency lighting done. We had all the upgrades to our filtering and monitoring systems for the internet. To you know, in terms of keeping the children safe when they're online, you've got all that sort of sort of housekeeping, if you like, going on. Uh, you've got obviously teachers will be going through all their plans for the year and the term. So. You, they'll go through all their long-term plans they'll then go through all their medium-term plans and they'll do their sort of short-term planning for the upcoming term there's a lot of training that goes on again for the first sort of week two weeks i was sort of undertaking training every day on various bits um you know meetings carry on getting ready for the the next year the teaching staff
0: do still get a good break though over over summer, don't they?
1: Yeah, they, they, um, I hope so. You know, it tends to, it's our chance to work from home, but you know, it's 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 the one chance you get to catch up. And actually, it's the one thing that I really found to be different from working in a sort of more in a commercial setting was there was never a break where everybody stopped. So you always had that pressure when you were trying to go away on holiday. You know, so if you were taking your annual leave. You had the bit building up to it where everybody's trying to where you're trying to get everything off your plate. And then you go away and you sit there knowing that everybody's still life is still carrying on and your inbox is filling up or stuff is happening and then you get back and you've got to sort of clear the backlog as well as deal with everything that's gone on. Whereas I think the one thing that makes it makes it a proper break is that you can you know that life will stop
0: when you're not there because when you're not there.
1: It's sort of it sort of tails off over those first two weeks. You know, it's fairly constant and then it sort of tails off and then you get a sort of period of three to four weeks where, you, you know, you get a few bits in and, and then it sort of ramps up again as we get as we approach the other side. It's funny you mentioned
0: about the corporate world. My, my first job out after I left university was working for, for BT and my boss at the time. He said, Simon, I'll give you a piece of advice. Whenever you go on holiday, take two weeks instead of one week, because if you take one week, then people don't deal with the things that you would normally deal with they just wait until you're back. Whereas if you're gone for two weeks, then generally if something needs to happen, then it can't wait for you to get back. Therefore, someone else will just do it instead. That that was really some solid advice there. I I really appreciated hearing that. Talking of staff though, tell me about new members of staff because you at the start of each academic year, there's, there's usually... Uh, at least one member of staff, is that right?
1: Yeah, so this year we welcome Miss um, King to reception uh, in terms of the office. so um parents, when they sort of ring in or come into the the school office, they'll they'll meet her. Um, she's been a great addition. Um, you need to be fully willing to sort of get involved in all areas of life when you uh, join a small school. and uh, she certainly is one of life's doers, you know she gets involved, and she's uh, got a great uh, sense of being there for the children as well which is nice because again sometimes in schools you can find admin staff that find the children a distraction they forget that there's lots of offices without children in them so so miss king's a, a great new addition and i'm sure by the time people us they'll have probably spoken to her on the phone or dealt with an email we have miss Ecton's joined us um in year four again fantastic um to have her on board and actually we're going to record a, an introduction like a podcast with her so people can listen to that and get to know her looking so, forward to
0: that that's going to be good miss Ecton. Miss yeah
1: uh, <laughs> no pressure and we have uh, miss choice on maternity leave so um, we have miss um, Melantin who's joined us to cover that although the children know her as uh, miss claudia and she brings a great wealth of artistic expertise, particularly in modelling and puppetry. She worked as a commercial puppeteer before becoming a teacher. Oh wow! Um, she, I think, I was going to say, seventeen years as a class teacher, uh, and we're lucky to have her, sort of, specialising in teaching art. So, and forgive me, what's her what's her name? Did she go by two names? Did you say? Yeah, she's so she go, the children know her as Miss Claudia because she says um primary school children find her surname very tricky.
0: Oh, I see. Right. Right. So what should the parents call her? If someone's listening
1: to this right now, what what
0: what what should they be called? I'm sure
1: her? Miss Claudia would be um for, for this for simplicity, Miss Claudia. So everybody knows who we're talking about. All right. Okay. That's good. Um, that's good. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's it on the staff front. Although in this coming year we will welcome back um Mrs. Bradley, she's been on maternity leave, and Miss Griffiths. So I'm sure that would be like having two more new members of staff, but they've actually been here for a while.
0: OK, so tell me a bit then about what we can expect to be happening over this academic year.
1: There's always lots going on. So this academic year, in no particular order, so we'll we'll have the various plays. So EYFS will have their nativity play. Year 2 we'll be doing the Christmas play. Year four, we'll um, have a play. Year six, have the play. Um, I'm not sure if we've decided. I know the nativities. The Christmas play and the Nativity, they're decided, I'm not sure what Year 6 are doing, so that would be a surprise. We've been working our way through the sort of Shakespeare plays and it's it's whether we repeat the cycle um, or look for another classic to do. Because the idea was that in doing the sort of Shakespeare plays then they get a an understanding of a number of the plays through their time here, so when they get to GCSE they've got... It's not the first time they come across Shakespeare... We've also got various, there'll be various trips going on. So year two, go to Mount Fitchett Castle um, as part of the history study. We have the year three and four one-night residential trip. Oh, that's taking place next week.
0: That must be very exciting for them when they go on that residential
1: trip. Yeah, I mean, um, I think so. They they all seem very excited. Um, it's very, it's done. So the year three and four residential It's one night and it's very local. So if anybody is uncertain and they know that home is not too far away you know um they could they could go home and still come so they could do one day go home and come back the next day Um, although we try and encourage them and and they generally do they generally stay overnight it's more to help them with that anxiety they know that that's an option and it's and again it's very much in preparation for the year um, for uh residential which they do later on in the year, which is like PGL, and then the five and six residential, which this year is the South Downs. That's all happening. We're all excited to see how year six gets on with their exams and we're, you know, sort of continuing preparation for that. That's always nerve-wracking for everybody. But it it always works out well in the end.
0: I'm sure it'll work out. Just great for those Year 6s. Tell me a bit about maybe if a parent is listening to this, they've got very young children in the school, maybe their children have just started. What advice would you give to them to integrate into the school community as parents and how they could help their their little darlings as they join the school to settle in as
1: quickly as possible. So I think for those specifically and I think I think some of what I might say probably transcends all the ages I mean first things I think are in terms of how you you know we want allow your child to be themselves don't worry if they aren't on somebody else's track so you know you don't think oh you know it's really difficult you hear you hear hear things or you imagine you know your child should be reading or maybe particularly they had an older sibling um, oh they were doing this by then or Um, each child is very much on their own journey they'll share some similarities with other children you know um, and they'll have things that are very individual to them so don't don't worry about that you know time and time again particularly if you speak to parents whose children have now gone through university I like to I always like to speak to people further down the line than me as a parent and you'll hear them say you know I've had three children um, and they've all gone through this journey uh, and they've all gone through it through slightly different routes you know one was very studious one actually couldn't stand school but you know um has now found their way one you know was a blend of the two you know mm. ultimately i do think the conversation around school is often framed is it's about job outcomes well that's the way it seems to me you know and when I say that, it's like, okay, well, to get that job, you need to go to this university. To get to this university, you need to get these grades. To get those grades, you need to go to this secondary school. To get to that secondary school, you need, you know. And if you actually ask yourself, why is that important? You know, so why do they need that job? You'll get a number of answers, but ultimately, you know, some people say, oh, well, it's for money, it's for... But ultimately, it comes down to happiness, I think. If you ask why enough... People people want to say, well, I want my child to be happy. And if you then approach that question in a different way and say, well, what makes us as people happy and how do we help our children have those skills and get themselves into those situations? I think that gives us more confidence to think, okay, now I'll, I'll let my child breathe and see how they develop and who they are rather than have they jumped this hoop at this stage so I that's one I just you know sort of just just relax a bit it's an interesting balance
0: for parents to try to get right isn't it because on the one hand you're absolutely right
1: mm. but on
0: the other hand then I'm, I'm thinking about the parent that's thinking well it'd be good for my child to try this and to try that and to try these different activities which can come across as being a slightly demanding parent or trying to channel them down one particular road but actually it's kind of Offering them different roads to see how they respond to those possible paths, to see whether they, they jump at those possibilities in life.
1: No, I, I would actually absolutely um, agree with you. First of all, I think it is a tricky balance. And I would encourage parents to, if they are concerned, not to take my words as they shouldn't be concerned. When that thought ends, you know, if you have that thought, come and chat. Just come and chat. Because actually that balance my my words are not meant to encourage people to do nothing to not have ambition or to you know just let the process you know hope the process happens um i mean that's that's not me, and it's not our school. you know I always think you must design your life, you've got to think, you know, I personally think right, okay, now as a fifty year old what do I want my seventy year old life to be like and yeah. i'm I'm sort of setting about thinking about what changes I need to make and it's the same true for our children you know so it isn't about ambition and you're right actually I think I actually don't the parent you described who allows their child or encourages their child to try, try lots of different things um, I don't think I don't think that's I, I wouldn't describe it the way you described it. I think that's perfect. You want to say to your child Look, try this try that you know we want we want the child to certainly in the primary phase and we probably should do more of it in the secondary phase. But the constraints of the system as they are probably possibly prevents them exploring who they could be, both whether it's academically or in terms of, you know, activities. So, no, absolutely. I think, you know, try everything. You know, you always want to try and do your best at everything you do and get better at everything you do. Um, but still, it's it's about you know sometimes so we always talk about our 11 plus process you know the 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 schools that our children go to are the byproduct of an excellent broad and balanced curriculum and they are the right schools for those children um because they are the environments in which they will flourish and succeed we don't look at the children you know the school follows the needs of the child rather than we put the, the the destination schools first so that's a good way of putting it. Then I think it's sort of moving, you know, you were saying I think like I said if you've got any thoughts particularly ones that, you know, you know we might say are you know more negative if you're worried about anything anxious even not sure any question just come and chat to us. Um I think that's the most important thing. I heard somebody one of our I think one of our teachers has the line they said look if it's more than 3 lines just chat to us. You know if you can't say it in 3 lines let's have a conversation about it. I like that. Um, yeah, three lines. Yeah, and I think it's a really useful guide, particularly anything that, you know, vexes you or angers you. Again, another person I spoke to, they, they've come across this phrase, um, don't be furious, be curious, which I really like. I'm, I'm trying to adopt it. I mean, I, I don't think I'm a particularly, well, I've trained myself not to be a particularly furious kind of person, but where you can look to understand what is going on, that's you know how how we get to understanding and i would say you know i'd I'd say to parents that if there's something that we're doing that you think that is ridiculous get in touch because it's either ridiculous and you know we can change it if it you know if it truly is and you know then we definitely need to change it and we need to hear that it's really not working for you generally you know i'd certainly like to think that everything we do is based around a principle it has reason and it might be that our reasoning hasn't taken into account a different perspective. And again, I'd really welcome that so that we can change what we're doing, because that will then increase the inclusivity of what we're doing in our practice. And really, we're we're what we want is we want our parents to enjoy the experience of their child's education as much as possible. So if anything isn't working, you know, or you just have any questions or um, just come and just come and ask and speak to us. You know, we really are. We're not we're not traditional teachers that will that want to tell parents off. Because I think there are I think lots of people have experiences being told off as a parent by their child's teacher. And that's not us.
0: And what what is the best way for people to get in touch? Is it is it by phone? Is it by email?
1: Whatever works, I think, for them. I mean, generally it's either Catch us on the gate. So all the teachers will dismiss at the end of the day on the gate. I'm on the sort of gate in the morning, so catch me. Um, ring the office, email the office. They tend to, or write some some classes have like a home school diary. Um, but generally just, you know, give us a brief, you know, would like to chat about this. It's useful to know in advance roughly what it is. But I appreciate sometimes parents don't want to share that more publicly. But yes, that's the easiest way to do it. I think the other thing that can be tricky is um, the WhatsApp groups. So WhatsApp groups are great. Um, they're a great source of um, support for for you as a parent, but they can also be a source of disinformation. So for example, it only takes one child to slightly misunderstand something. Um, and then as a parent, you think, oh, well, I'll just check with everybody else on the WhatsApp group. Before we know it, everybody's slightly uncertain about what the situation is when it was probably just, you know, go old school and just contact the school. And there's very rarely anything that's so vital that we can't deal with it tomorrow. You know, if you forget a pair of trainers or if you're not sure whether they should be in this or that. Honestly, you know, I'd much rather people were here and were happy than, um, you know, everything was perfect. So, um, you know, just get in touch and help that way. I think other things in terms of, you know, that help your child to develop in the long run is their organisation. So we very much encourage children at age appropriate steps to take more and more responsibility for themselves. And there's two ways parents can really help with with this is firstly, getting children to carry their own bags. And our parents are actually fabulous at sort of um, getting their children to carry their own bag and make their own way into school it sounds like a really small thing but it's just it's it's that sense of no you know this is you are you are moving on but also looking after their own belongings and one way parents can really help is um, making sure everything is labeled my best tip is to get one of those stamps and you just stamp every item of clothing in a fairly obvious place obviously not in the. Front, but you know on a, on, a, <laughs> on a label or something that's yeah, relatively yeah. obvious don't hide it and that's like water bottles tuck boxes because we're encouraging the children to look after their own belongings and organize themselves they will fail at that and they stuff will be misplaced very little stuff gets lost but if it's not labeled we can't repatriate it um you know I've constantly if i see a a jumper in the playground i'll pick it up and i'll look through to find out whose it is and i'll repatriate it but if it doesn't have a label um it becomes really tricky and then obviously that becomes frustrating from a parent's point of view you think that's the third pair of trainers you've lost this term you know um and so you start to take over again in terms of the child organizing themselves
0: oh yeah yeah and then it undoes a lot of that good work that's been done
1: yeah in terms of what else is there i mean In terms of understanding how the school deals with things, um, the policies are available on the website. We send out information. We try not to send out too much information. So it's quite helpful. And I I actually, as I say this, there's a huge amount of hypocrisy. So I'm just gonna own my own hypocrisy. Try and do your best to read any emails that come out. I mean, I have to say, I am terrible at this at my, my children's school. I haven't got a clue what's going on. But there's there's a lot of information that's often been put out there that we're then sort of um, re-answering. And actually, I have to say, I don't mind re-answering it. That's not a problem. It's, again, but sometimes it, it can lead to confusion. I mean, I do think reading, reading to your child, no matter what their age is, so valuable. And particularly reading to them, even though they, as they get older, they'll be able to decode and they'll be able to read themselves. But you can read a book to them, in a way that they can enjoy that is beyond their level um so for example in year 6 you can you can read them books aimed at year 7 or year 8 and those slightly more mature themes you can talk to them about and actually that's what you know moves them on so just and they also hear the way you modeling good reading yeah. and they get yeah. enjoyment from reading and if you can get um if you can develop a an enjoyment of reading uh, and a curiosity for knowledge. Actually, it was in a book I read this, I was reading this morning. It said, those are the two greatest gifts you can give any child. And I thought, well, I don't know if they're the two greatest gifts, but they're certainly two great gifts you can give a child. So I guess that would be my final piece of advice.
0: I love that. I love all of that. Ralph, I'm keeping an eye on time because uh, time is marching away with us. But one final super quick question, if you can wrap this up in a a very short period of time. As a 50-year-old, what do you want your 70-year-old life to look like?
1: So there's a book that was written by somebody who was in, what's it called, late life care. So dealing with, you know, sort of palliative care. So I need to be able to, and the three things they identified were social, I think this is in the wrong order, social connections balance, and feet. So they said social connections are hugely important for our happiness. Most people end up in hospital and have numerous operations that then lead to sort of complications as a result of falls. So they said you need to look after your feet and you obviously if you've got good balance. Wow. Gosh. Yeah. So I'm going to um, keep trying to learn New things. I'm going to make sure. I think that I've done all my downsizing and moving into sort of like a assisted living place. I'm going to do (laughs) that in my sixties. Yeah, because because you don't have the what you tend to. What seems to be happening is people do it late in life after some sort of crisis or tragedy. So normally one partner dies and you think right. I'm going to move But the time when you need stability. And the time when you're least able to cope with it is after a trauma, but also when you're in your 70s or your 80s or your 90s. Um, So I'm going to do that all early is my plan. I mean, it's not just me in there. So, you know, this is open to some negotiation with, you know, my (laughs) wife and she might have other ideas, but, you know, left to me, this is my current thinking. And if I'm lucky, I mean, again, this is all, you know, you can't. uh, I think I will be hopefully driving around... Doing some sort of internal travel. So seeing all the bits, all the mountains I couldn't see when I was sailing around the world in my late 60s. Oh, I
0: see. I see.
1: I don't know if that's ever gonna happen because I'm such I'm such a homebody that I've never been anywhere in the world and yet, you know.
0: You know, maybe when you're in your 70s, you'll be tuning back in and listening or re-listening to this podcast episode, trying to work out how accurate you were. I wonder, I wonder. Uh look, Ralph, we should we should probably bring this to a close. But uh, last thing then, if if anybody wants to get in touch with the school, uh, all the contact details are on the website, aren't they?
1: On the website, yes, um, snaresbookprep.org. Okay, all right. Well,
0: let's leave it there for now. And uh, we'll catch up with everyone listening to this in the next episode.
1: Thanks, Simon.
0: So that was Ralph Dalton, head teacher at the school, and me, I'm Simon, and we're both talking about what's coming up in the next academic year at Snaresbrook. Do get in touch with the school if you have any questions at all. They'll be happy to help you, and all of those contact details are on the website. Uh, the link to the website is in the show notes. Now, our next episode is coming out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.